What's good? This is Chief Seven. Wisdom Talks. Hope everybody is well who's listening. I'm on my daily commute. Just wanted to just speak to you a little bit more about leadership today. And share one of the frustrations of leadership. One of the frustrations of leadership is when you have leaders who are positional, but they have no ability to lead or no desire to lead. What does it mean to lead? Well, I heard the saying that if you think you're a leader, it's like, and you're not a leader, it's like you're taking a walk and then you look back and nobody's following you. That's all you're doing is taking a walk. But you think you're leading. Lead, you have to move people from one place to the next. And if it's righteous leadership, you're leading them to a better place than where they were before. If you're leading in systems, then you're making system improvements and process improvements and the way we do things, you're making those things better in institutions. When you're leading people, you are making people better. Better, As I talked about before, you're either doing that through modeling, you're doing that through molding and making, or you may be doing that through mentoring. Whatever style of leadership you have, you're making things better for people, or you're making people better so that they can be better for other people. But one of the most frustrating things is when you have the spirit of leadership, but you don't have the permission. In other words, you have power to lead, you have ability to lead, you have the grace to lead, but you weren't given the permission to lead. And in certain institutions, they recruit people who have the potential for leadership or who even proven they have a track record of being leaders but they put them in positions and they expect them just to do the job not to forecast and to think uh, proactively and to make moves proactively and to come up with witty ideas and inventions and things to make the things better It's frustrating when you're in a position where the system thrives off of dysfunction. To be in a place where the system actually benefits from being broken. Or certain people in the system benefit from the system being broken so they have no incentive to fix it. That's bad. That's rough for a true leader. For a person who has the anointing to lead. And sometimes they'll try to recruit you to get into the position if you embrace their ideology or embrace their mediocrity, embrace their philosophy of brokenness. So sometimes you have some of the best leaders on the bottom tier frustrated because they can't get anything done 
because they don't ascribe to the philosophy of the business or of the ministry or of the uh, organization. You can be a leader trapped inside of a position where you don't have the permission to lead. Not only do you not have the permission to lead, you get scolded for making moves, leadership moves. Isn't that a shame? And it's frustrating. It's frustrating to be trapped in a system of mediocrity. But I want to encourage you not to give up because you are who you are. Because the temptation is to make you be solid, shut up, stay still, do what you're told so that you can keep that favor or keep that paycheck or keep whatever you get from that job or from that being a part of that thing. The temptation is if you do too much, we're going to cut you off. So what we want you to do is this be unlike yourself. Um, Make yourself little, make yourself small, make yourself insignificant because we only need you for this one thing. And then it's the political aspect of it. Some people lead by doing and demonstrating and they're not good with politicking. And that's a grace and that's a skill that you have to learn to some degree if you want to move up the ranks and really almost every organization you have to learn how to speak their language how to understand their interests how to get on their page and how to make yourself visible to the people that can promote you it's frustrating because there's a lot of hobnobbing a lot of fake stuff going on just so that you could possibly get into that seat where you can really make things happen. A lot of times in these broken organizations, there's miscommunication, misdirection, deception, and all kind of things to not empower you and have you informed so you can make the best decisions, but to limit you. So where only the people at the top know what's going on, wait to the last minute to disseminate information so that you don't have the input of the people who really make moves and make things happen. But I want to encourage you, don't give up. You have to look and see, why am I here? How long am I here? Have I been sent here? And is my tenure over? Is it my time to leave or look for something else? And sometimes we're placed in situations and in, in uh, organizations basically as a last-ditch effort from the Lord to get that organization straight before it crumbles, before it gets bought out, before it, it gets beat out by the competition God sends people to preserve the organization if you would just listen to the anointed ones that I sent 
I'll preserve your organization. I'll preserve your work. I'll turn it around and I'll make it better for everyone. Righteous leaders have a mindset that we understand what the ideal is. We understand because the Lord is our model and our example. He leads us, he shows us. We understand because we have the ideal of heaven and his organization and its kingdom and its reign and how things are done. We understand what the ideal looks like and, and our attempt is to bring the ideal into the present. To manifest. Or if you want a Bible verse, you can say, Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, our daily provisions, our daily ideas, our daily manna, our daily truth, our daily re revelation. So that we can move from glory to glory. But like I said, when people are profiting off of the dysfunction, then there is no incentive to change behavior. There's no incentive to look for better ways of doing things. And a lot of times uh, the leaders will continue to pile on extra work, extra duties, extra things that are insignificant. They'll pile on uh, work just for work's sake instead of smart work. Instead of the work that would really make a difference. Instead of the work that would deal with the roots. There's something that we talk about root cause analysis. <clears throat> People chop off, chop off branches but don't look at the root cause of the dysfunction. But a leader will look at the root. Why is this thing happening? Why is this thing not working? Why? And when you keep asking why, and you keep going to the source, you find out things that are hidden because they're underneath the surface. When you keep going to the root, you find out where the hypocrisy is. You find out where the waste is. You find out where the damage is really being done. And most of the time it's a leadership problem. Most problems in organizations are leadership, leadership problems. Most of the dysfunctions are, are dysfunctions in the highest realms of leadership. So when a true leader who doesn't have a position confronts or interacts with a positional leader who has the permission, the authority to lead but has no passion to lead and no power to lead that can get real awkward and it can come out bad it can go bad and so positional leaders end up firing or minimizing real leaders because they threaten them. Their mediocrity is challenged. They're threatened by this innovative, creative, energetic, intuitive leader who comes seemingly out of nowhere, but they've been trained 
on the backside of the mountain for years and years. They've been shepherding their father's sheep. They've been waiting. They've been working. They've been serving. They've been doing these things. And so they know what it takes to defend the weak. They know what it takes to fight off the bullies. They know what it takes to tackle giants and cut off the head of abusers. They know what it takes to make things right. But these positional leaders many times are afraid. They've been institutionalized by the system that made them like the system is. And that's when you hear people say, well, this is how it always has been. This is how it's going to be. This is just how we move. The temptation is to succumb to that, to conform to that. But your position as a leader with the spirit of leadership is to transform the environments you go into, to cultivate them, to dig up the weeds and to bring it into a fruitful place, a place where it is fruitful. The crazy thing about it is if they only would adhere to the wisdom of a real leader, everybody would be better. The company would be better. The ministry would be better. You have hard-headed people out there. But don't give up. Just know what your place is. Know what your timing is. Know what you're supposed to be doing. Very important. Very important for people to know. You can't die in that place. And when I say you can't, I shouldn't say you can't. I say don't. I should make a declaration. Don't die in that place. Because you can die if you allow yourself to succumb to it. Don't die in that place. One of the things that is imperative that we do is to continue to continually have a morning meditation, a prayer life, so that we can keep getting fresh revelation for what we can do to lead on whatever level we're on. Whatever level we're on. There are times when I look and I see people who don't take responsibility for things in their sphere so you'll find them uh, allowing things to go undone on the lower levels allowing things to uh, get out of order get disorganized on the lower levels and sometimes it's those people that end up getting promoted because they politic those people that get promoted and when I say promoted I mean a, a worldly, a secular promotion I would even call it a demonic promotion because the scripture says promotion comes from the Lord so a real promotion is when you're elevated to a certain status in him that translates into something natural that can be seen by others and I want to say that you can gain spiritual authority that translates into relational authority without having positional authority. But it comes with a cost. It comes with a price. You have to be willing to fight the 
giants. You have to be willing to advocate for yourself and for others, for people who don't advocate for themselves. You have to be, be willing to challenge the system, challenge, challenge the status quo, challenge those things that have been there for decades and decades and for even centuries sometimes. You have to be willing to challenge that. Say no. As long as I'm here, we're going to press. We're going to push. We're going to progress. We're going to advance. And if you happen to get booted out of the system, for that reason, so be it. So be it. It's all a part of the master plan. There's lessons to be learned in it. Something to take from it. And whenever you start over, whenever you leave one company and go to another company, remember this, that the lessons you learned before, you don't have to learn those same lessons all over again. You're carrying that wisdom. You're carrying the fruit of what you invested in and you sowed into and what you cultivated. You're carrying all that into you, into the next spot that you go to. So it's not lost. It's not in vain. But we cannot deny the frustration. So I just want to identify with you if you're frustrated where you are right now. Don't give up. Stay fresh. Seek the Lord for a master plan. Whether it's an escape plan or if it's an overthrow plan. Sometimes we have to overthrow the current leadership so that we can step into where we need to step into. And not, I'm not talking about usurping authority. I'm talking about overthrowing in the spirit. Well, God does it. The Most High does it for you because you took a righteous stand. You stood up right. And their leadership got ex exposed. And it's determined that their leadership is no longer needed. Find out where you fit in. Get in where you fit in. Grace and peace.